This is the Happen to Your Career Podcast, episode 137. Build your value and set yourself up for success. I stood up, the light bulb went off, so it just wasn't a good environment for me. Nobody really loved what they did. It wasn't gratifying. It was basically doing finance spreadsheets, sitting in a cubicle, watching people get laid off. And whenever someone gets laid off, that means you're getting more work and not getting compensated for it. I didn't know this was a Michigan Wolverine show. Hey, HTYCers. If you've been struggling to figure out work that fits you, then join our eight-day free mini course. All you have to do is text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or simply visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. See you there. This has happened to your career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, hey, this is Scott Anthony Barlow, and you are listening to Happen to Your Career. This is the show that helps you figure out what work fits you by exploring other people's stories. Now, we get to bring on experts like Jeffrey Shaw, who helps really creative professionals get more out of their their business by defining and really honing in on what their passion is to deliver their best work. Or people that have amazing stories, just like Jessica Rhodes, who started her own virtual assistant business to stay at home with her son. And then people just like you who have gone from where they are to what they really want to be doing, making career changes or starting their own thing. They're people that are just like our next guest, Paul Maskill. And I've, I've got to tell you a little bit about him uh, because it's, well, quite frankly, we had a pretty interesting conversation. We talk about how you're going to, you're going to learn that you really do, in fact, have the power to control your own destiny. I know that sounds really, really trite. I know that sounds common, but just by taking a step back to reevaluate your current situation, it's going to give you the insight you need to set yourself up for to succeed. So we talk about some ways to actually do that because everybody's like, oh, just step back and take a look at it. But, uh, but most of us are like, yeah, I do not have the time to be able to do that. So we get into some ways to do that and maybe even thinking about it differently than, than you. And also we talk about how working, you can call it in your passion, how working in your strengths, how working in the stuff that you enjoy doing will actually continue to open up doors for you and staying disciplined and keeping your sights on your long-term goals is your key to success. But I get deep into what disciplined actually is and how to stay disciplined with him. We, uh, we talk about that because, uh, I didn't want to let him off the hook in saying, okay, yeah, just be disciplined. There's the key, right? So he, he goes deep into, into that too, and explains what that means for him and some stuff that you can actually apply right away. Uh, Paul, Paul, I think you're going to love this conversation with him because he began his career journey in the world of corporate finance and and not long into his career in corporate America, he realized that sitting in a cubicle for 10, 12 hours a day, well, that just wasn't, uh, wasn't what he was wanting to do, building somebody else's business. It wasn't the life he wanted for himself. So he quit his job, traveled a couple of months and relocated to start a more rewarding career. 
and he, he did his research first. He actually decided to invest in a, in a franchise, and we talk a little bit about that. You know, this this new business venture combined both of his passions for business and sports, and he happened to find the right franchise that really really fit him, and he gets to create a positive impact in, in the lives of, of thousands of kids every year. So very, very cool. Take a listen to my conversation with Paul Masco. Hey, I, I am so excited to welcome you back to Happen to Your Career, and I'm even more excited to chat with our guest today, not just because he's a, he's a grad from the University of Michigan, and we have, for some odd reason, we've got a very high number of people that are, <laughs> that are University of Michigan graduates that listen to, the, listen to the podcast. I don't know. Maybe he can help me figure that out, but welcome to the show, Paul. I, I, I really appreciate you making the time to be here. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Super excited, and uh, for all of our fellow Wolverines out there, go blue, go blue. So I, <laughs> I have yet to figure that out, but we have. Oh my goodness, when you when you actually look through our um, the emails that I get, I get a lot of uh, even University of Michigan students, even current students. It, it blows me away. Wow, yeah. awesome. Yeah, who knew? That's right? good to hear. So you exactly. are on the right show, and you didn't even know it was that much. Of the I right didn't show. even know. No, I didn't know this was a, a Michigan Wolverine show, but I am uh, I'm proud and happy to be on it. <laughs> Well, neither did I until about six months ago. So, yeah, but Perfect. that's that's not what we want to talk to you about, though. I mean, we can we can certainly play that up even more, and and we've got some listeners that'll absolutely love that. But I was really hoping to dive into some of your experiences because your story is not that not that far off from where a lot of our listeners are at, and a lot of HTYCers are are at. And I, I'm curious, kind of where where this all starts for you. I mean, you. You ended up graduating from the University of Michigan. You got a degree in finance, but where where does the story start for you? Uh, the story probably starts uh, like like you said. I got a finance degree from the University of Michigan. Was always told, you know, the American dream: go to school, get a good job, and then climb the corporate ladder. So that's probably where the story starts. Uh, trying to climb that corporate ladder and realizing real quickly that. This was not for me, and it wasn't something that I wanted to do for 40 or 50 years. There was no gratification, no reward, and really just not adding any value to anybody's life, including my own. So uh, that was probably where the story started. I, I lived in Chicago and uh, worked in the finance industry from 2007 to 2010, probably the worst time other than the Great Depression to work in the finance industry. <laughs> just about then. So aside from it being, you know, the the height of economic times and everything like that, what what made you realize that this wasn't for you? And what made you feel like you weren't adding value in the way that you wanted to? I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So I kind of just took a step back, uh, hypothetically speaking, and really just observing what went on in the corporate world. And you see Tens of thousands of people file into these trains and subways and buses, and they all look miserable, especially on Monday morning. And they're all got their head down. They don't talk to anybody. And then they go do this job for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. And then they do the same thing, pile back on the train, subway, bus, and do it over and over again for 40 to 50 years. And most of the conversations with coworkers is not positive. So it just wasn't a good environment for me. Nobody really loved what they did. It wasn't gratifying. It was basically doing finance spreadsheets, sitting in a cubicle, watching people get laid off. And whenever someone gets laid off, that means you're getting more work and not getting compensated for it, uh, which just doesn't give anybody a really good morale around the office. So that was really uh, 
the light bulb went off. I stood up and saw the people that had been doing this for 30 to 40 years, you know, working for the same company and then they get laid off and it's like, what did they really do in their life? Obviously they have a life outside of work, but when you're working that much, uh, it just, it's just not very happy feeling. So that's, that was probably really what made my decision a lot easier uh, when I decided to leave the corporate world. Well, I mean, you make it sound pretty good. You paint a pretty awesome picture there. So I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should, you should go try it out. If I, I, I know you've uh, had some of those good jobs and turned down good jobs and, uh, I don't regret it. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a picture that everybody else paints to you very well when you're in middle school and high school and, when you're 18 years old, deciding what you want to do for the rest of your life, it seems like the perfect thing to do until you do it. That, that is <laughs> ridiculous. I'm, I'm hesitating because it's it's so true. I'm curious yeah. your opinion, not to dovetail us too far off. I, I really want to <laughs> dive deep into uh, some other areas of your story too, but I'm curious your opinion as to why that gets so circulated in our society is the the thing to do. Go to college, you get a good job, you, I don't know, something else happens in there. You Maybe you have kids or something and then you retire right. and then like <laughs> life is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, it was really, I really started questioning the whole thing when it's like, why am I doing something that I really don't like so that I can retire in 40 years and be 65, 70 years old and then enjoy life? Why can't I just enjoy life the whole time? So I really don't know where it comes from. I think it just comes from everybody operates much Every, the world operates much more smoothly when everybody's in a system and everybody kind of does the same thing and you you know you follow the rules and everybody says do this so everybody does it and I think it probably goes back to I mean looking at history you know say the industrial revolution everybody went to work at the factory and then you know you did that and that's really what you did and then you made money and then you know you went home and your you know your family's there and you did that for 40, 40 to 50 years, and that's just the way it was. I don't really know why it started that way. I'm sure we could ask some history experts, but that's really no one really questions the status quo. And when you do, you're looked at kind of like a weirdo. Yeah, I don't really like <laughs> rule following, so I get a I get a lot of looks at right. as a weirdo. So I, I I can totally identify with what you're saying. So. Okay, so you had you had this realization someplace along the way in, in all of that. You took that step back. You you realized that oh my goodness, why on earth am I doing this? Uh, and watching everybody filter onto the filter onto the train, filter onto the subway, whatever else, they're going back and forth, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. And then w <laughs> what happened from there? Uh, yeah, so I really just got sick of it and kind of made a financial plan to uh, quit the job. So I quit my job. Uh, in Chicago with no other job in mind. Uh, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, happened to be from Colombia. So we went down to South America, hung out in Colombia with her family for two weeks. And then uh, she went back up to the States in the Raleigh area. And I traveled around South America for about six weeks. And when I came back, I mean, during the whole time, I knew that, you know, you really you really meet so many other people when you leave this country and you don't go to resort. Yeah. Uh, just meeting people from all over countries, you know, all different continents, the locals, and you really realize that there's way more to life than just being a corporate drone. So uh, I knew that when I came back to the States, I wasn't going to get another corporate job. I wasn't going to build a corporate career. I might have to get a job to hold me over for a few months, but it was my mission to not have to 
leave that corporate world. Um, and I really just wanted to start my own business. So that's, that's what I did. So that was really the turning point. It was June, 2010, uh, quit my job, went down to South America, came back end of August, moved to Raleigh. And, uh, that's where I started my adventure with TGA. So tell, tell me a little bit about TGA for, for our listeners. What a, I mean, TGA sounds great. It sounds like one letter short of TSA, right? So help yeah. us help us define what the differences are between TGA yeah, so, and TSA. What is TGA? So TGA stands for Teach, Grow, Achieve, and uh, TG, at TGA we believe sports change lives. So that's kind of our motto. Uh, we use the two lifelong sports, golf and tennis, uh, as a vehicle to get kids involved in sports right on campus, right after school, and then really use it as a vehicle to build an enrichment program. So they're going to learn life skills, character development, rules and etiquette, and all these other educational concepts, as well as picking up a lifelong sport that's usually not very accessible to elementary kids. So we, yeah. you know, bring it to them, provide all the equipment, their parents don't have to drive them anywhere. And then our goal is just to make them lifelong golfers, lifelong tennis players, and then transition them to local facilities so that they can get their parents involved, families involved. Uh, there's so many great you know, inherent values in these sports, really any sports in general, uh, the things you learn just as far as getting through life uh, is very valuable. So that's what TGA is. It's a national franchise in, in 2000, end of 2010, beginning of 2011, I invested in my first franchise here in Raleigh. Uh, obviously, I had a huge passion for business my whole life, uh, and I had played golf my whole life. So it was a perfect marriage, per se, uh, for what I wanted to do, you know, it was just very rewarding. At the same time, I was, had the ability to kind of control my own destiny and build a business. So what happened in between there? I'm I'm curious, you know, when you decided you, you got back from traveling all over South America and you spent six weeks down there, you decided, hey, I'm going to come back up here. It's, uh, you know, I might have to do something to, to tide myself over, but ultimately I'm going to run a business. And what happened in between that decision and you finding TGA? Yeah, so I uh, I basically ended up in Raleigh about September of 2010, uh, and I had saved up enough money as I knew when I was going to quit my job, I was going to come back to the States with no income. So I had saved up some money at the beginning of the year to hold me over. Ended up really finding a finance job within a couple of weeks. So I started working, started working there at a financial institution by the end of September. And during the whole time, I was looking for a business opportunity, just reading entrepreneur magazines, listening to podcasts, reading blogs, just trying to figure out what's the best way to go. And I happened to be uh, in the Detroit Metro Airport in December of 2010 yeah. and uh, saw an article about TGA. And to me, it was like a perfect fit. And to me, I thought there's probably already one in Raleigh, so I won't be able to do this since it is a franchise and you get yeah. you know, an exclusive geographic area. but it happened to be that there was none in Raleigh. So uh, I basically came back from Detroit and did all my due diligence and started up uh, a few months later. So I was in that in my other finance job in Raleigh for about six to eight months. So it wasn't uh, wasn't too bad because I knew that there was something else on the other side of it. So it was really just collecting a paycheck until I could quit quit that job uh, to really start running my own business. That's that's interesting. I, from time to time, I get questions from people about franchises, mm -hmm. and you know, people that are considering that as a as a path. And you know, I, I've certainly got my own opinions on you know where is a like when is a franchise really good for for people and and good for what they want out of their lives, and and when is it not? Uh, but I'm I'm curious what 
what, how you feel about that? Like where, after operating franchises, and, and I've run a franchise before in the past too, actually that was my first business way back when, not TGA, but totally different franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm curious, what what is that dividing line for you? Like where where does that become a really good opportunity for someone versus the dividing line for maybe it's not as good opportunity for that yeah so uh that's a great question so uh for me it was the upfront capital investment so tga can be run from your home you don't need a brick and mortar you don't need to build out a business so there really was no there was no overhead so you invest in the franchise and for this franchise there's really no fixed cost so everything was variable if you're running programs then you're going to have expenses such as coaches equipment insurance that kind of stuff uh so to me it was very low risk and it had a lot of upside and the upside was if you work hard you will be successful because it's not like a mcdonald's where you turn on the golden arches and people know who you are and you show they show up so (laughs) you know it's kind of the opposite a mcdonald's has a lot of overhead but you know, the, the positive of having a lot of overhead at McDonald's is you're going to get customers in the door day one where, you know, TGA or any really home-based franchise, uh, there's a lot less overhead, almost no overhead, but you got to go out and, you know, get your clients. Hey, if I could interrupt for just a second, I really want to share this story with you. So I want you to meet Suzanne. I'm Suzanne Waslu adams I live with my husband and our two dogs in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Now, Suzanne's been working in the same job for quite a while now. For the last 10 years, I've worked as a color lab technician. Before she found us, though, in our eight-day course, she, well, here she is. I knew I needed a change. I had some ideas about what I wanted out of a career, but I felt unfocused and couldn't bring myself to finally making a decision. Does that sound familiar at all? Because I know I've been there. What amazed me the most about working through the course was the insight I gained about myself. Upon completing the exercises, I discovered that I needed to be producing detailed-orientated, creative work that reflected who I am. Now, I thought this was pretty cool when she dropped me an email about her decision and what the course did for her. The course helped me gain clarity, and I figured out that I want to be running a business that showcases my creative spirit. Since then, I've created an action plan with steps that lead to self-employment and work that I love. Now, Suzanne wants to take her artwork that she does, and it's pretty amazing, and turn that into a business. And that is awesome for her because that's what she figured out that she wants. Now, if you want to figure out what you want, here's all you have to do. You can go ahead and go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. Or you can text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC. Text it on over to 38470. And we'll get you enrolled in the course for free. So during that four and a half years, like what what surprised you? Because this was your first your first business that you were building, and turned into four of them, right? Four franchises at least. Yeah. Um, yep. What what surprised you along the way? Getting getting started, getting something like this up and running. Um, as far as just really dealing with consumers and dealing with, you know, B2C type business. What really surprised me is how shocked people are when you actually reply to their email or call them back. Like to me, that was like a no brainer if you're running a business, but when you just reply to their email within 24 hours, 
I don't know how many times I would get, thank you so much for your quick reply. Like, <laughs> obviously, they have bad, they have a low bar of customer service and customer expectation. So to me, you know, out of all the things, that was probably one of the biggest surprises. And to me, that's where I saw I could really build a lot of value just by providing the best customer service out of any business that consumers interact with, regardless of what they do. Uh, so, so that was probably one of the biggest surprises. Um, and for me, as a consumer on the other side, that's probably the biggest thing I look at when I'm doing business or when I'm going to a restaurant is what's the customer experience going to be? So, uh, so yeah, that was probably, I mean, out of all the surprises of running your own business, to me, that was kind of just like an eye opener of, wow, if I just provide good customer service, I can have a pretty successful business. We have such a low bar for <laughs> expectations. Yes. Around, and I got the same thing. That's actually, uh, I don't know if that was my largest surprise necessarily, but it was definitely something that... Uh, that first business, which was also a franchise for for me, uh, we were in the uh, we were in the contracting space. Like we did exterior painting and remodels and stuff like that for residential. And yep. time after time after time, like I'd ret- I'd return it sometimes the next morning or whatever, and like, oh my goodness, <laughs> thank you so much for getting back to us so quickly! Exclamation yeah. point! Exclamation <laughs> point! Exclamation! It's like really, that's exactly that's where yeah, we're that's, at. <laughs> yeah, and that's that really leads to sales because it's oh, yeah. they. They trust you that much oh, yeah. quicker. And that's, I mean, that's funny you say that my dad runs his own hardwood floor business. So uh-huh. kind of the same space and people will call him for estimates. And when he shows up, they're like, wow, you actually showed up. I called four other people and they don't even show. So it's like <laughs> you do those little things and it's, it's not rocket science. You just, you know, do a little bit more than what anybody else is willing to do. Uh, that is, that is pretty funny. So <laughs> then in, in taking it from, so there's nothing else in, in Raleigh. So it wasn't like this was you're taking over somebody else's business or anything Correct. like that. Yep. And, and you, you built this, what, uh, what would you say is the hardest piece out of, out of doing that? And I'm not even necessarily talking about for, you know, this brand of franchise, if you want to, if you want to think about it that way, but I mean, just building a business or building a franchise at all. Uh, yeah. So any service-based business or franchise, uh, I don't know how many employees you had with your franchise, uh, doing home home renovations and whatnot, but or so. yeah, so we had, you know, we grew it to 40 plus employees. So that was really probably the, if you want to say the hardest thing, uh, it's just managing and leading, you know, a team of 40 plus more or less part-time workers, uh, and keeping them all happy, making sure they show up. So really just building systems and processes in place, you know, getting ahead of the game, keeping them happy. Uh, you know, that was, pro- that's probably the hardest thing in any service-based business is, yeah. Trust, trusting an employee to do a job as well or almost as well as you want it done because they're not really vested like you are. So how, how did you work through that then? If that was one of the, one of the biggest things for you, like what, how, how did you work through, I would say even the, the mindset pieces that go along with it or like what did you do to be able to work through that? Uh, yeah, so there, there's a there's a couple good things you know that we did to kind of work through that uh, to make you know allow me to sleep at night per se. So the first thing was is I had to remove myself from working in the business. So you know in TGA we have coaches out there coaching kids right after school. So I knew that if I really wanted to scale this, I couldn't actually be out there coaching. I needed to be working on quality control and leadership and that kind of stuff, training our coaches. So I didn't coach. I was out every day after school leading by example, helping coaches where they needed help, training new coaches, stopping by, making sure they have all the equipment and tools that they need to succeed. Um, And then what really kind of put my mind at ease is we had a uh, software, it's called Listen360. So 
whenever a program ends, a parent gets a one question survey. You've probably got it as a consumer. How likely are you to refer TGA to a friend on a scale of one to 10? And then they say a 10 and then it's going to ask them why. So that really put my mind at ease because then I could see what coaches are doing really well, what coaches need a little bit of help. And the parents are very candid in that type of feedback. One, because it's their kids and they're going to be very vocal on their kids' experience. And then two, it comes across as anonymous. It doesn't really, when they get the questionnaire, it doesn't say put in your name, phone number, and email address, even though on the back end, we're tracking all that. So we know who the coach was, what class it was, what kid it was, and what parent it was. And then it allows us to follow up with them. So once we started getting good reviews on our coaches, then it really made it a little bit easier for me uh, to handle you know, a team of 40 plus people. And then eventually I put a couple full-time people in place as well to kind of help me, uh, you know, quality control, training coaches, filling in when someone calls out sick, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, really leading by example, getting out there, not, not being hesitant to do the dirty work and help your coaches. They see that they see that you're just not the boss that sits in the office and they never see you. And then really on the back end, you know, being able to hear from the parents of these students that we're teaching, really make really you know put my mind at ease so that that is interesting i mean this sounds like something that you had fun with for sure i'm i'm curious why did you eventually decide to to sell these four franchises then and what what prompted you to remove yourself out of that uh yeah so so i think it really just came down to kind of my personality uh i'm always looking to do something different, something better, something higher. Uh, so I, I had the op- opportunity to scale it like I did. You know, I, I worked really hard, put the right people in place, and then uh, was just looking to do something different. I didn't want to get to the point where I was going to get burned out. I loved every day of it for the four and a half years. I knew every afternoon I could get out of the office and go yeah. see kids having fun after school. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't want it to ever turn into a job. Um, and I could see that if I continue to scale it, it might do that to me just because I worked you know, I just worked probably too much. Uh, so I was just looking to do something different. I was only going to sell it if I got the right offer. I knew that if I didn't get the right offer, I could just keep growing it and get a higher, you know, a higher price for it later on. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the individual that I sold it to, she was looking to leave corporate America. She had a huge passion for golf and she wanted to invest in a business that was already up and running. And it just, you know, she loved golf, she loved business and she wanted a business that was up and running. So it was just kind of, Timing is everything. So that really, that deal came together pretty quickly. And then I had the opportunity to, you know, kind of take it to the next level. So now I work with TGA on a national or international level with the franchisor headquarters, helping all the other TGA franchises around the world get their business to where they want to go. So now I'm able to really impact even more kids, obviously more indirectly because I don't see these kids, but I'm able to help all these franchise owners and prospective franchise owners get to where they want to go by putting the right systems, people, and processes in place. So, uh, you know, that's really gratifying as well because then you see these people's businesses succeed and then I can see the feedback that they're getting from the parents. So it kind of kind of come full circle, taking what I've learned, taking what I did, and then being able to, you know, really help out a lot more people. Talk to me about what happened in between that time. You made the decision to sell. You found somebody. Did did that happen very organically, how you moved into the, the biz dev side of it? Um, or did that happen completely separately and exclusively? And, and what was kind of your reasoning around? Yeah. Around so, that? so it's kind of going back to timing is everything. Um, 
I was doing some consulting work with for TGA for the last couple of years, just on a part-time basis, helping out on the business development side, just working with franchise owners that were stuck or they needed help. Uh, you know, whether it's looking at their financials or putting yeah. putting some people in place, taking taking my background experience and helping them out. But it was very part-time as I was still running four franchises here. Um, and then it really just came to be that TGA was looking to expand as well. They wanted to build out their headquarters team and my role and my expertise fit with what they were trying to do. So now I work on a business development front with everybody, you know, like I said, on a full-time basis. And then also during that time, uh, we started an e-commerce store. So I started an e-commerce store, uh, end of 2015. So that's still going and that's growing. And actually, uh, for about eight or nine months, I was running a podcast, from probably last October until the end of June. So, uh, and during June we uh, had a baby. So I just had to pare it down. So I put the podcast on hold. So now I'm working with TGA full time, running an e-commerce store as well, and uh, have a one-month-old baby. So talk talk to me about that because one of the biggest challenges that our listeners have is really both time and prioritization. Again and again and again, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm in the place where I, <laughs> I've got a bunch of stuff going on, you know, I've, I've got little kids, uh, or even if I'm going to have little kids or, or I've got a job where I'm working, you know, 14 hours a day and maybe that's not the, not the place I want to be, but just trying right. to get time to make the change amidst everything else or, um, uh, prioritizing some things above other things. Like how do you how have you personally worked through some of those things? Clearly you put the podcast on hold. So that's one example of prioritization. Right. But what, what else do you do? Uh, it's really just being disciplined and seeing the long-term vision. So a lot of people, especially in this society, this day and age, it's instant gratification. I want it yesterday. I don't even want it now. I want it yesterday. Um, <laughs> and you really have to be patient and persistent. Um, you know, so really on two fronts, one on the financial side, we spend, I mean, especially in America, it's a consumer spending driven economy. And if you really look at it, how much money you're wasting. So really, even going back to when I was living in Chicago, I was saving up money because I didn't want to work anymore. So, uh, you know, just putting money away, start out saving a hundred bucks a week and then realize I can up this to 150 a week. And then, you know, whatever your financial situation is, you can save money uh, to prepare for that. And then the other thing is really just prioritizing your time and getting a schedule in place. It's a little bit harder because you don't have a boss telling you to do it. Um, But the realization for me came, I don't even remember who told me or where I read it, but there's 168 hours in the week. And if you're working 60 hours a week, as you probably are, give or take commute time, that leaves 108 hours. So there's 108 hours left and you might sleep, say you sleep six to seven, eight hours a night, that's going to take another 50 hours away. So you've got 60 hours left. What are you going to do with those 60 hours? Are you going to watch Netflix? Are you going to, you know, do other things or are you going to invest in your future, invest in your family, invest in yourself? So 60 hours, maybe you spend 30 of those growing your side business. That's going to get you to quit. And then maybe you spend those other 30 hours with your family. Um, It really comes down to sacrifice and with the long, you know, the long term goal in in your sights. So. To me, once I read that and once I heard that, I was like, this is a no brainer. Like, what do I do when I get home at five o'clock? You know, how much time do I waste? And then what do I do on the weekends? Is it really getting me where do I want to go? Everything you do is getting you either further away or closer to your goal. And everything you do, just ask yourself, is this going to help me get to where I want to go? 
That is that is perfect. I am in total agreement with that. I'm still going to push you on it just a little bit, though, because good. Keep pushing. Um, <laughs> not only do I agree with it, it's very much the same same approach that I've used, and I had that same realization too. With like, look, there's there's only so many hours a week, and especially if you're in a in, in a job, and that's not where you want to be ultimately then what are you going to do about it? How are you going to spend that time? Right. And there's only so much time. So, you know, how do you allot that? But I think when, when I heard you say, look, you just need to be disciplined. Like what are some of the ways that you've been able to do that? Uh, so I have a calendar basically looking at me every day in my home office. So, it, and it breaks it out basically almost by hour. So you got to get up at the same time. So, I realized pretty quickly that if I get up at five o'clock or if I get up at eight o'clock, I'm still, when you wake up, you're still going to be tired. So you might as well get up at five o'clock if you got your six, seven, eight hours of sleep. And it really starts with what do you put in your body, in my opinion. So if you're eating healthy and putting stuff in your body, that's going to give you energy and mental focus, you know, for that day, then you're really getting set on the right path. So I get up early. I get up between five and five thirty, you know, have a nutritious, I always go with a smoothie. So I put a bunch of vegetables in there and all sorts of other stuff that fills me up. And then I really just follow my schedule. So, you know, batching my way to whatever I want to do, you know, so if, if, if I'm recording podcasts, I'm, I'm going to batch it. So you probably do the same thing. I'm recording all my podcasts one day a week, you know, from seven o'clock to two o'clock or whatever the case may be. So really just getting really efficient. And if you don't know how inefficient you are, just keep track of what you do on a daily basis. How much time are you on Facebook? How much time are you browsing the web? How much time are you spending on ESPN.com? All these other things. And it's really just, I have this checklist every day. I'm looking at it right now, what I need to do for that day and what time I'm going to do it, and then what time I'm going to finish for the day. So it's really just setting your own schedule and then sticking to it. And maybe you have an accountability partner. Maybe you're in a mastermind group. For me, a mastermind group was awesome because I set goals with those people and they set goals with me. So you really build accountability partners. And when you see those people again, whether it's one week, two weeks, or one month, they're going to check in. Hey, did you meet your goals? If not, why not? Um, you know, so really those type of things is what really helps me stay on task and eventually it just becomes habit and you just do it because that's what you've been doing, you know, for whoever knows how long. I'm, I'm so glad that I asked. I, I'm you just need to be disciplined turned into about 17 <laughs> things. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's perfect though. But I, what, here's what I'm taking from that though, is for maybe there's some people that can just, just be disciplined out there. Uh, but for for even you, and I would say me too, it's a case of how do you set it up so that it's easier to be disciplined? Because I heard right. you say, well, you know, what are you putting into your body? And I heard you just say, okay, what's staring at me on a consistent basis on my calendar so that it's a reminder? I heard you say, you know, how do I put myself in front of people that are going to ask me what, uh, you know, do I have my stuff done and, and that sort right. of thing, right? So that exactly. is, that's amazing though. I, I think that, I think that's really what it takes. I I don't know. At this point, I've been able to talk to, I don't know, a few hundred people that have built businesses or made career changes or something else. And, and we get different variations, different techniques or anything like that. But uh, it always comes back to how do you how do you set yourself up to be able to succeed? So that's that's cool. Thank you for going into detail on that. I appreciate it. No worries. So what 
now you're in this you're in this biz dev role. Clearly, you're you're passionate about the organization. Uh, I feel like you could talk about uh, about the organization for hours and hours and hours. Um, we don't have the time to do that, but I am <laughs> I am I am super curious though. You know what what is next for you, and then also for people that either happen to be more interested in in TGA specifically, or just want to want to reach out to you and they want more they want more Paul. Then, you know how how can yeah how can they do that? yeah so so uh, what's next for me? I'm full force with TGA. Uh, our goal is to really start ramping this up uh, and get every basically get every kid the opportunity to uh, play sports after school. You know, there's less and less physical fitness in a school day. The kids are sitting inside more and more. Uh, and if you're passionate about sports and passionate about kids and passionate about business, I think it's a perfect fit, especially for those people looking for their first entrepreneurial venture. You get a lot of support, you know, and there's not a lot of overhead. So that's really what I'm, you know, that's my goal for the next three to five years is just go at this, help as many people, help as many kids that I can. Uh, and if, you know, anybody's interested in learning more about TGA or getting in touch with me, uh, we did set up a welcome page just for your HTY Sears. It's uh, franchisetga.com slash HTYC. And uh, there's some links there. You can schedule a discovery call with me, you know, just kind of chat, see where you're at, where you want to go and see if TGA is the right fit. Uh, there's a free survey on there if you want to uh, see if it might be a good fit for you. I think it's only seven questions. And then there's a ton of information on TGA as well. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can always uh, email me, pmaskill at playtga.com, or go to Twitter. And my Twitter handle is just Paul Maskill. Very cool. Hey, we'll put all those links in the into the show notes as well. And I very much appreciate you taking the time and making the time to, to come on the show, talk about your journey, talk about uh, talk about the companies that, uh, that you're working with now and, and what you've done. This has been awesome. Yes, I really enjoyed it, Scott. And to all our fellow Wolverines out there, hope you enjoyed it as well. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Very cool. Hey, are you ready to get started on your own research for a career that combines your passions and skills? That's where we can help. I want you to go in. I want you to check out our, our free eight-day course to help you figure out what you really want for your career. It's an eight-day video series, and you're going to get one email a day guiding you through our process, asking you some questions, helping you act on this stuff, and taking it from, uh, from something that's all kinds of fuzzy and you're not even sure where to get started to helping you kind of do some of that hard reflection and figuring out what do you actually want and how does that make sense for you. There's two ways that you can join. One, text happen h-a-p-p-e-n to 44222 or you can visit figureitout.co that's happen text right now go ahead and pause we'll, we'll wait around for you waiting waiting h-a-p-p-e-n to 44222 or just visit figureitout.co Hey, I want you to tune in next week on the HTYC podcast here at Happen to Your Career. You are in for a treat because next week we have somebody who started out as one of our customers, ended up working with us. 
not like working with us as a, as a customer, but ended up working literally with our company. And then now has gone on to do her own thing in her own way. I'm so excited that, uh, that you're going to get to get to meet her here on the podcast because she's helped a lot in creating and molding what this, what this podcast could be. So take a listen to what's in store for you next week on Happy to Your Career. It was really just some kind of light bulb moment where I realized, all right, there are people out there that are doing things and getting paid for it that I had never even knew it was possible. Hearing more of these folks' stories and how people really were able to create better futures for themselves just by leveraging their knowledge and their skills and passions, I was like, man, you know, maybe there's something to this. All right, all that and plenty more. Tune in next week to find out how you can make it happen, both with either a side biz, side gig, uh, dream job, uh, all of that and more. Tracy's done it all. It's absolutely fantastic. Our conversation, I can't wait till you get to hear it. All right, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. I certainly appreciate it. And if there's anything that we can do for you, do not hesitate to to contact me or anybody on our team and we'll be thrilled to pieces to help you make it happen. Next week, adios. I'm out. (laughs) 